Hey guys, I'm Jason Guyman, host of the King of Pressure Wash podcast. I am a self-employed entrepreneur. I grew my pressure washing business to a million dollar business in just under five years. And now I'm helping hundreds of pressure washers start and grow their pressure washing business also. I'm helping you so that you can be the king of pressure washing in your area. Today's show is going to be an awesome show on the King of Pressure Wash podcast. Are you ready to get to the next level? Let's get started. Well, Jason, uh, there's no other way to put it. When I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, man. That's just kind of <laughs> that's just how it goes. I apologize, guys. I had to get my Ricky Bobby uh, Ricky Bobby reference in there. Uh, hey, for those of you that don't know me, first off, thanks for uh, Jason letting me be in, be letting me be on here with you tonight. Uh, I'll give you the real short version. Um, 42 years old, um, been married to my high school sweetheart for 20. I don't know, some odd years at this point. Got three kids. My oldest one's 21. He's my business partner in my pressure washing company that we started almost four years ago after uh, losing my corporate job, you know, kind of suddenly. And I was just desperate and scared and actually started a window cleaning company uh, for about a hundred bucks and turned it into a pressure washing company. And, and I, I'm chasing the American dream. I'm loving it while I'm doing it. I love, uh, I love creating content both for just for fun, you know, for it, for uh, entertainment purposes as well, as well as education. So I like helping people. I get to help a lot of guys as they're growing their businesses. And, um, that's, that's, that's the short version, you know, I'm, I'm, um, just, just kind of loving life. So what made Bobby Walker start a pressure washing business? Bobby Walker, to me, and even you probably would tell me, is the person that looked like a businessman. He looks like the corporate man in the corporate world. And I know you was. And what made you say, I hate corporate world, and I'm going to go start a pressure washing business? Because Lord knows I can make money in there, right? <laughs> First off, I'm you're like the only person on the planet, I think, that refers to me as looking corporate and professional. Um, you just can't see all my tattoos. You know, everything's hidden right now. Normally, I'm in a tank top. But uh, what caused me to do this? So I was, uh, I was in the, like I said, in the corporate world doing uh, security. Not, not like security guards, but, uh, you know, like ADT type of stuff. Okay. Intrusion alarms, secure, uh, access control, CCTV, all that kind of stuff. And, um, I was actually loving it for a while and I was making pretty good money. I was, you know, I was making about $150,000 a year at this point. So for a guy living in Oklahoma, that's actually really, really good money because it's so cheap to live there. And, uh, I, uh, you know, started out installing systems and then I got experience doing sales and then I got experience doing management. And then I became like the vice president and general manager of this region. So anyway, I'm, I was really loving life and, and loving my career there for a while. And then um, what happened was some, mer you know, I, I'm, I'm cutting the story short here, but some mergers happened. I bounced around the country a little bit and this and that. And uh, one day I got a phone call from my best friend who was still up in like the, the middle management side of things because I wasn't anymore. And he said, uh, hey, man, I, we, we did, they just sent a company email out to all the, you know, managers and uh, of everyone that were cutting because we had just done another merger. And he goes, you're on the list. 
and I was like, oh my God, and I'm going to do my best not to cuss on your channel here, Jason. I was like, oh my God. And, um, that was, I don't know, around three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, something, something like that in the afternoon. I was gripped with fear, like, like extreme, like I wanted to throw up. I was scared. I had just moved my family. Can you hear me, Jason? I see your screen lock up a little bit. Am I doing okay? Okay. You're fine. Um, the, uh, you know, we had just moved down here and even though I was making good money, um, I also spent a lot of money, so I didn't have a lot in savings and, and so on and so forth. And I'm literally laying in bed, staring at the ceiling the night that I found out I was losing my job. Now I wasn't losing it tomorrow, but you know, it was coming in about a month. Um, I'm laying in bed and I'm staring at the ceiling and I said, you know what? I'm just going to start that window cleaning company because I'd seen a video on YouTube about a guy, Keith Kalfas, if anyone knows him, uh, who said, you, you know, showed you how to start a window cleaning company for 50 bucks at Lowe's, you know? So I just drove to Home Depot or Lowe's the next morning. Uh, actually, I think it may have been the next afternoon. I can't remember, but drove to Home Depot the next morning. My son went with me, uh, who's my business partner, because he wanted to do it with me. So instead of spending, and how old was he at the time? 17, 17. He was a senior in high school. Gotcha. So you started your window cleaning business and it was just easy. And you just did a 200,000, 300,000 the first year. No problems, anything like that. Right. Oh no, we did. We did about 800 grand in year number one. And yeah. then uh, year number two, about 2 million. Yeah. <laughs> no, so actually, uh, so in year one, we, uh, we did about 130 K. Um, we added pressure washing, let's call it halfway through. Now you're a real good at technical stuff too, right? Like you're a real hands-on type of person, know how to fix stuff and, and don't have any problems along the way. Right. That's, that's the way you are. Yeah. So I'm not as bad as you're maybe making it out to be, but it's not my strong suit. I'll I'll tell you that. Like I'm, I'm a creative person and I can figure things out as I need to. But, you know, if something breaks that's really serious, I got to have someone else fix it and all that stuff. I, the, well, I'll say this. The technical side of the comp business is not my passion. So Can I what do you do to overcome that right there to be able to be successful? Because a lot of people will allow this to hold them back of, well, I can't work on equipment. I can't do this. I can't do that. So what do you do to help overcome that? Well, you, you gotta, you've got to be creative and you, you got to figure sh- almost cussed, almost cussed, Jason, I'm not going to do it on your show. Uh, you got to figure stuff out, you know, and you know, so there's different ways to do it. Now I'm fortunate. Uh, there's a, you know, a couple mechanics near me, so I'll take it to a mechanic and, and let them fix it if I have to. But, but before I was able to do that kind of stuff and before I had the money to do that, it was a whole lot of YouTube videos, a whole lot of Facebook, you know, searches and stuff like that, you know, in, in these groups. And, uh, you know, you ask the questions and let everyone crucify you because everyone wants to be mean online and all that stuff. And, and, and basically I just had a lot of lumps, you know, took a, took a lot of, a lot of shots to the chin and, and failed my way to, to where we're at today. So when you failed, you didn't give up, right? You just kept, you did that as a learning lesson and moved on and you probably learned some stuff by doing that, right? Yeah, no, you know, I, I probably use the word failure uh, a little more liberally than, than most people. But, uh, w- when I'm talking about failing, I'm not talking about, you know, the end of something. I'm just talking about, you know, if I'm trying to, if I've got a plan or a little, whatever I'm doing, if, if I, if I fail at it, uh, that's cool. That's fine. Because it's what you just said. It's that learning experience. So 
uh, here's what I do, Jason. Here's kind of my philosophy on this. It's just like uh, Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park movie. Do you remember whenever they were talking about the, they didn't show it, but they talked about it in the movie, that the raptors were systematically attacking the electric fence Right, And they said what they were doing was the raptors, they'd go up and they'd hit a spot of that fence and then they'd get jolted off of it. And then they would attack another one and then they'd attack another spot. So they were systematically looking for that crack to let them get into where they want. And that's been like in my mind, you know, in my mind's eye, that's what I see me doing is I say, okay, here's the path I think I need to take. I'm going to run full blast into that wall. If I hit the wall and it doesn't move, I'm just like the raptor. I'm going to back up. And I'm going to turn about two degrees and then I'm going to run forward again. And then if that doesn't work, I back up and turn a couple degrees and do it again. And then once you bust through that wall, unfortunately, there's another one and I got to do the same thing. But that's what we keep doing over and over and over again. So we're going to talk a little bit about failure because what was your goal for 2020? Uh, the goal for this year was just a hair over a million dollars. Are so we going to hit a million dollars this year? No, not even close. So what did we have to do? And and I'm and it's not a failure. There's things that happened that we couldn't control. And, you know, and you're in Orlando and that's the, you know, that shut down I, probably more than anywhere did any, in the well, country. I, I would call it a failure. You know, I mean, in, in my mind, you know, I, I planned a million bucks and I, um, and I failed at it. You know, COVID hit. I didn't react well. You know, now we did grow over last year, but I didn't react well to it. I actually, you know, I got gripped with fear and discouragement. And, and, and when I say I stuck my head in the sand, I don't mean, you know, I didn't shut the business down or anything like that. But, but you know, I got scared. And, and, and instead of, uh, you know, trying to get creative and find ways to get out there to make it happen, I kind of went into that. Well, let's see what comes in mode and, and enough came in to keep the doors open. But instead of hitting a million this year, we're going to finish. If things go as I plan, uh, things, if things go as they look like they're going to go here for this last bit of this month, um, we're going to close out around 630 ish thousand dollars. So, so big, this big last mess. month I, I put on there, you didn't hit 70,000. How much did you end up hitting last month? Uh, oh yeah, it came at 69, something 69, like that. Now that's 69,000 in one month doing pressure washing. And how long have you, how long ago was this when you started your pressure washing business? February, 2017. So three years and three years, you've gotten it to have a 60,000, $69,000 month. And it well, is possible at the end of the day. How much this, because this is a question I always get asked, but because a lot of people, I've been pushing these big numbers. I pushed, you know, the million dollars from West did a couple weeks ago that I had him on here. But at the end of the day, how much is that is profit, um, literally profit at the end of the day? Hey, Jason, can you back up your, it kind of cut out. So I heard you say, you know, you've brought Wes on and talked about some things and then it kind of got a little herky jerky on me. Okay. So, um, in the last two, in the last three years, we did, you, you, you got up to this point right now. So you did $69,000 at the end of this last month. How much of that would be profit at the end of the day? Uh, well, if you, if you look at profit in the truest sense of the word, like the accurate way to describe it, um, the profit in November 
for me was pretty small. I think it was, give me two seconds. So that way I can just be active. And, and this profit is counting, you know, this is not just, um, this is not, this is just profit. There's a lot of things that go into that, that you're not yeah. paying your phone. If you're paying mm-hmm. yourself, you know, he's paying himself. So that's not part of the profit. And so, you know, mm-hmm. there is a, people take salary. And when you do that, that's not coming out of the profit. So just yeah. profit alone. Yeah, my salary's not there. So, so we had a small profit last month which was about $7,000. But I also, (laughs) I think every vehicle I had was in the shop twice and I'm exaggerating about the twice thing, but we had, we were in the shop more times than we have vehicles. Um, We also dropped uh, about $4,000, not quite $3,000 plus dollars on some new inventory and things like that. I think I spent, uh, I think I spent about, $11,000 $11,000 just in unexpected expenses, including that inventory, which was expected, but that I decided to do that would have been profit had I not had those, uh, those things hit there. But that's again, after my salary. And, uh, so like if I had a guy running the business for me and I wasn't involved on the day to day and wasn't drawing a salary, I could have still been hanging out at Disney world every day. And, uh, well with all those, those errors brought home almost seven K with, without all those mechanical issues that just happened to hit, because those aren't typical, it would have been, um, you know, closer to 17, 18,000 bucks. And so, you know, a lot of times people think that these big numbers and a million dollars means you make a lot of money at the end of the day. And and you can, as long as you're running businesses and you're running systems and you get these systems fine-tuned and you get rid of the, the things that aren't making money and things, because a lot of times when we start making good money like that, we do stupid stuff with it and we want to, you know, we want to go spend it at the end of the day. And that is not what we want to do at the end of the day. That's not very smart. And, you know, even some people will say, well, I'm going to put more money back into um, um, and I'm going to spend more money in ads. And when we spend more money in ads, then that's not profit at the end of the day. That is money back. That's part of marketing, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. Do you have the numbers about how much marketing you have in it? Uh, Not in front of me, but my marketing this year, I've spent rough. I can't remember if it was 18 or 19. I was just looking at those numbers last night. It was Let's round up and call it 19%. Uh, let me throw something out real quick. Just just kind of funny. Someone in the chat says, this guy is lying. Guys, if I was lying, I wouldn't have told you that my net profit was $7,000 after doing $70,000. I would have told you my net profit was $35,000 or something like that, which is what most people people like to say. I'm not happy with that 7K from last month, but I can look at, you know, how the, how my business was and kind of claim that moral victory in the fact that I had the maintenance issues and so on and so forth. Uh, if, if I was, uh, if I was lying, I'd be, I'd be throwing an impressive net profit number out there. Not the one I just shared with and you. And it's not lying. I grew a million dollar business. I know what it is. And he's telling the truth. 100%. I've been there, done that, you know, just cause you think you make a, a million dollars, um, you think, you know, I can say I made a million dollars. It doesn't mean I made a million dollars and I'm a millionaire at that point. That just means the business made it. You know, I ran four trucks. You're, are you running three or four trucks out of that? I'm running three trucks right now. I've got a fourth truck, but 
we're not, uh, it's a backup at the moment. And, you know, it kind of goes down that road of, do you want to be really profitable in a one man show and you're kind of the lean and mean, or do you want to be a business and not saying that you're not a business, but if you're a one man show, you'll probably make the same amount of money as Bobby is right now running all these guys. Now, the difference is, is Bobby's sitting in his chair and not doing nothing, going to Disney all the time. And the person that's making, you know, that lean and mean is out there working their tail off every day. And it's not that one's different or the other. It's just, you know, if something, the lean and mean side of things, if you go down that side of things and you get hurt. So Nick Sick, Illinois' pressure washing that's in here, he got hit by a truck. He was on his motorcycle, hit by his truck. He lost money because he didn't have employees to be able to go pick it up, go do it, and that kind of thing. He don't even know if he's going to be able to start next year. So if he had employees like Bobby has, then it just yeah. keeps right on going. You're in the hospital, da-da-da-da-da, and it keeps well, right on going. Do you mind, Jason, if I throw a couple things out just kind of on this topic? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's been a while since I've done your show, and I don't want to, like, derail you. But nah, you're just, fine. Okay, so – a couple things to consider on, on this stuff. So, uh, like coming into 2020, uh, my, my goal was to hit a million dollars, which we clearly didn't hit. And my, I, I'd have to pull the sheet up. I can't remember if it was 6% or 8%. I can't remember, but it was one of those two. I just have to look at my sheet because when, once COVID hit, I kind of was like, well, that plans out the, out the window. But, um, but my net profit for the whole year, if everything went perfect with my plan was only going to be that six or 8%. Now that's not good. Like if, if you said to me, you know, or if, if, if you went and looked at a business that was a mature business doing what we do, that's, that's a piss poor net profit, a healthy one for a uh, business where you're not working in it, where if you have a general manager that's running it stuff, a healthy net profit is 15%. You could get twenty or twenty-five, but uh, but it's probably more reasonable to be in that twenty to fifteen percent range in there. The um, you know, where if you're lean and mean, you know, if you're one man or or you know, maybe you got a helper and you're on one truck, you can have a net profit. Uh, it's technically not net, but we'll call it that. A net profit of you can keep seventy percent of the revenue. How's that? Let's just right. say that you can keep seventy percent of the revenue. So you could do. in revenue lean and mean and make more money than I'm taking home today at $600,000. The difference, Jason already mentioned one, but the the difference though, is you can't really get bigger than that. You can, if you're lean and mean, you can, I hate every time I say lean and mean, I feel like I'm taking a dig at Aaron Parker. It, it's a common saying is he's lean and mean Academy. I'm not talking about that. Okay. Right. But if you're lean and mean, you can't get bigger than yourself. So if you're, if you do $300,000 and you keep, you know, 200,000 or whatever of it, that's awesome. But that's all you'll ever be able to do whenever you're scaling and, and growing the company. I take less money per job as the owner when we're scaling but I can, I can have 40 trucks. Now, I don't have 40, and I'm probably never going to have 40, but I could get 40 and multiply myself and then make much, much more money. But, but more importantly to me, even though the money is extremely important, more importantly to me, and you hit it on the head, is, is the free time. I literally do hang out at Disney World or Universal Studios, which is five minutes over there, about 
three times a week usually. You know, the, I've got a couple of cigar bars and I go hang out at those because my technicians, you know, you can see over here, today we had a light day. We did $2,100 in revenue. Tomorrow, another light day. We got $2,700 in revenue. Um, Saturday, I think that is, we got $3,300. Well, the cool thing is that revenue right there, and then on Monday, another 3300 almost 3400 All that revenue is getting done, whether I'm at home taking a nap, whether I'm here doing something on the computer, or whether I'm hanging out with, with Mickey Mouse over there. And, and I'm not an absentee owner. I do have to do stuff. But in saying all of that, and then I'll you can move on. That low net that I was talking about, saying coming in, and I was playing on that 6 to 8% this year. It's not because I'm satisfied with that. Our, our strategy that we have is aggressive growth. That's why we're spending a lot of money on marketing, gathering customers. I've now got an, uh, an email database with my business of 4,500 emails. So Jason, you tell me what happens next year whenever um, I add a service and now I have a database of you know, 5,500 emails and I added a service now at the flip of a switch with no additional marketing methods. I'm able to make that revenue rain down. My net profit is going to increase, and I'm going to be able to remove remove myself from the business even further. And at the end of the day, if you want to sell your business, you you're if you're a one man show, you're not going to sell it for nothing. It is worth wow. zero. It is worth whatever your equipment is worth. At the end of the day, you can argue your face up and down that it's worth the blah 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 blah. But at the end of the day, all they're buying is is a customer list, and they might not even want your equipment. Because if your business isn't running by itself, or mostly by itself, then it's worth zero dollars. You know, when I grew my business to a million and I sold it, it's because it had systems. It had, you know, the Christmas lights. I had contracts. I had different things. And a pressure washing business don't have a lot of contracts. So if you don't have contracts... Your business is worth zero. And I hate yep. to see when people are like, my business is worth $250,000. I made $250,000. There ain't a person out there going to buy your business for $250,000. You know why? Because I can come in your market and make $250,000 with some AdWords and some other things yep. and blow your two hundred fifty dollars out of the water. And so yeah. when people think that, that you, you that's the thing about a lean and mean versus, you know, Having something now and or having an asset that you're growing and building that you can sell off one day and make money at it. Yeah. And and that's the point. Like just something for anyone, because I don't know if I I mean, who knows? Life's too long for us to, to know exactly what we're going to do, want to do one day. I don't think I'm going to want to sell this business. I kind of thought I did early on. I don't know that I will now, but uh, we'll, time will tell. We'll see. But um you know, a company like ours, you know, that does what we do is going to sell for a multiple of usually is going to sell multiple of three to six, usually probably closer to three of your net profit, not three to six of your top line revenue. So if you have a million dollar company, you're not going to sell for three to six million. If you have a million dollar company and let's say your net profit is 20 percent and that's that has to be a real net, not that has to be after your salary's taken out after all that stuff. Let's say that your net profit was 200000 Well, now you're going to sell your company for $600,000 up to maybe $1.2 somewhere in that range. Um, 
But the reason someone would invest in that and the reason someone would pay for that is because there's an actual business there where you're not the one making it happen. If you're the guy on the truck and you're doing the sales, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the cleaning, everyone reports to you, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing there for anyone to buy unless, like Jason said, you have contracts. Now, if you have contracts, there is something to buy. But if you don't, here's what your company has to offer as that, you know, one man truck. And, and by the way, there's not a damn thing wrong with being a one man operation. Uh, no. I, I'm not suggesting that. We're just kind of talking about the scenarios here. But if you're a one man operation, you have your equipment that you can sell, which we all know it's not going to go for as much as you want. Here's how much it's going to go for. When you are shopping for used equipment, what you're willing to pay for it is what someone else is willing to pay for it, not what you say it's worth. So you can sell your equipment, which you're not going to get rich on. You can basically you're selling a an email list if you have it, and then maybe like a phone number, but it's not going to be worth that much. Because like no. Jason said, when the people look to buy your business, if you're doing two hundred thousand dollars in revenue, well that that person has to say, okay, well this guy wants a hundred grand for his business. Well, if I had a hundred thousand dollars, I I can spend twenty thousand or thirty thousand on marketing and get two hundred k in my first year easy instead of spend a hundred grand on yours and i didn't buy a lot of broken down equipment but, but wait 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 bobby you gotta buy that twenty five thirty thousand dollar rig to be able to do that right because you gotta i mean that's way more important than spending twenty or thirty thousand dollars on marketing you gotta have that high dollar rig to be able to make that money right yeah yeah oh my jason let, let me put it this way i well i uh, this isn't true i was gonna i was a little hyperbole. I was going to say, I've got four trucks in a trailer out there and I don't got 25,000 in equipment. That's, that's not true. But, uh, no, Jason, no, <laughs> that's not how it works, man. <laughs> that's not how it works. So they've, I've been getting a lot of questions. This is one of my questions too. Uh, how do you get business? Now, I know you in the beginning, you got it different. Now you get it different than the way you did it before. You know, I always preach, you know, and, and the biggest thing that I'm going to say, and it, I even put it on here, um, you got 571 five-star reviews. Does anybody in here think that 571 reviews are going to make your phone ring just a little yeah. bit? By the way, I don't, I don't mean to uh, split hairs, but it's 572, just for the record. I know it was. I put one on there to make sure that it was one extra. So 572 reviews. Um, so that's obviously one way you get it. And to get 571 review, 572 reviews in three years is pretty daggone impressive at the end of the day. And so that's a system and a technique that you do. And then what else do you do to get business? Yeah. So, well, there's, there's a lot of ways to win there, just like with everything. So, um, you know, the way you, the way you're going to, the one that you're going to choose is probably going to depend on, do you have more time or do you have more money? Um, because if you have more money, who wants to do the hard, the hard stuff, right? So let's talk to the guys that don't have a lot of money for marketing. The, there's the real obvious things, yard signs. Uh, that's, that's a, just a proven method. Now that's not a method that we've used much, but yard signs, it's a tried, true, tested method. Um, the reason we don't use them much around here, because I, I live in Orlando. Yeah, I live in a in a you know big metropolitan area. I, if I put a sign out, it's usually gone in like 
three hours, you know, at, at the most, you know, so it's just like, they, I just, they're, they're gone <laughs> really, really quick. But, um, they're like poof. Yeah. They're, well, and we, we try putting them out like on Friday evenings and they're not there on Sunday, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. So anyway, um, but yard signs are a great one. What we did here was flyers, old fashioned, you know, we'd, print off what well, we didn't print them off but we'd buy you know pay and a this printer is when you or, really didn't have no money you didn't have a lot no. of money to be able to do it right this was day one and so what we did with flyers we we did flyers until we grew to doing twenty thousand a month um the it was the only marketing method we did the exception to that was in my first month or three i can't remember for sure it's a little fuzzy i used a service called thumbtack a little bit we didn't get rich off of it but it gave you know when you're at zero thumbtack and home advisor is pretty pretty appealing too you know but so i used uh, thumbtack for a little bit in the first month two or three but we did flyers and we just hammered those things just hammered 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 we did them the right way to give you guys a couple of quick tips on that just really really fast in about 30 seconds uh the the, the design elements on stuff uh this really applies to just about everything but you uh you want it really really simple you want someone to be able to look at your flyer and in about two seconds because that's about all you get in two seconds they need to be able to see what you offer what problem of theirs do you solve so, so you, you want to put your big logo up there right trt right that's what you put up there no it actually let me tell you exactly if uh, let's see a blank sheet of paper so this is an eight and a half by 11 right this is what size our flyers were <clears throat> my logo on my flyers was smaller than this <laughs> smaller but, than that. but the trt looks so good and everybody needs to know who you are right yeah. No, they don't. Here's what they need to know. They need to know what problem of theirs you solve. So you're going to, you need to do that two ways. You need to put like a headline. So an example for, for guys like that needs to say roof cleaning, house washing, uh, window, cleaning, right? So literally just have a headline that says roof cleaning. Uh Oh, using a full sheet of paper. Then you need to have a photo. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay. Did you get what I was saying? Uh, let me, I'll just repeat, go back real quick. You want to have a headline at the top of your, your, your thing that just says what you do. So s simple as this, literally the words roof cleaning, house washing, window cleaning, put those words at the top. Then you want a visual representation of those services. So have a, an image of a roof an image of a house and an image of a window. Now I'm just using examples, but have an image. So now, however that person looks at stuff, whether they look at images or whether they look at words in about two seconds, if they glance at that thing, they know what they're going to get. Now, the reason that part's important that they can do it in two seconds is if you leave a flyer at someone's door or something like that, what they're doing is they're not walking up to it to see what it is. They're walking up to it to do that, to grab it and crumple it up. So you, if you can, communicate to them i solved this problem for you while they're going to grab it they might be like oh son of a bitch my wife was sorry that was well, that wasn't a full cuss word sorry jason that's a half cuss word but they'll be like oh shucky darn um the uh uh my wife was just yelling at me about you know getting the, the windows clean now i'll look at it and then the next thing that you want that does need to be big but it's not as essential to be huge is just your contact info they needed to see your website they need to see your phone number and then these last the last component, it's not that it's not important. It's just the least important 
in this endeavor is your name and your logo. So you do need your name and logo on there. But remember, your name and your logo, your name might, but your name and your logo does not convey what problem you're solving for them. No, and I I agree 100%. And this goes for that kind of stuff. This goes for your website. You got to have large call to actions. You got to know what you're doing in the first three seconds of when you're looking. Otherwise, they're going to back up. And that is very important. A lot of people, especially designers, want to make all this stuff look so pretty and you can't see nothing. And it's just one of those things that, you know, all kinds of things. And so Bobby not only has haters on his own channel, he has haters on my channel, which I already have my own haters. So that is an amazing thing at the end of the day. Yeah, Jay the Painter. Hey, you're a bitch, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Jason. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> so so okay. we talked a bit about, um, so obviously to get to the 650000 whatever you're going to do this year, the main thing you've probably done is, I'm assuming, is probably your sure. reviews. And do you do Facebook ads or I know you do Google ads? Yeah. Okay. So this, so now today we do flyers, but they're clip flyers and we haven't been doing them like during our busy season just because we're so stinking busy right now. Can't, we just don't have time. But uh, so our number one hands down lead uh, generation source is uh, Google AdWords. So uh, if you're going to do AdWords, here's what you need to do. Don't do them yourself. Now you can, and Jason, I hope I'm not giving contradictory advice of what you give, but you, I don't care if you want to do them you yourself. Do you them. can. I mean, I, I sell a service and I know people don't know oh, that okay. I do this. I didn't know if you did. I couldn't remember, but I sell point. it where I set it up for you. I used everything I did to set yeah. it up for you. Um, other than if you want somebody to manage it and do it, pay somebody to manage it at the end of the day. You will save a lot of money at the end of the day to have somebody manage it. But what I'm going to be willing to be saying about that too is, is be careful out there because there is people out there. I know them personally. I know people that have gotten screwed and they charge seven, $800 a month. And it's, it's one individual. I'm not going to go down the roads, but they will screw you if you're not careful. And so what I'm going to say is, is be careful who you're using. You know, if you need to reach out to me or Bobby, I will let you know who is good and bad. If you want to say, is this person good or bad? And I will tell you yes or no. I'm not going to say it on here, but be careful because I just had to deal with one that basically lost about $1,500 and never got a freaking lead from it. And so be careful out there. You know, like I say, I sell a thing where I do everything for you. Um, You know, a lot of times, even with our AdWords, you know, you got to have a good looking landing page. It's not just putting money into Google and say, oh, I'm going to get all these phone calls because it's not going to happen. You got to make sure that, you know, if they come on your website, they know what you do. So in our AdWords, if I'm talking about house washing, my landing page is about house washing. There's a big phone number, a big call to action button. So that way, as soon as they come on there, they're clicking, they're going in, going to the next thing. Yeah. So yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and my point, Jason, is I didn't realize you did the setup, but I'm just saying, get go to a guy like you or go to a guy that manages it because AdWords, they're, they're complex, they're difficult. And as the business owner, you need to be focusing on, you don't need to be spending hours and hours and hours every day studying AdWords. Let a professional, you know, let a guy like Jason or whoever do that so you can do the other things that are important. So you have that guy doing that. You can be focusing on boots on the ground marketing, hitting it from both ends. But for us right now, AdWords, hands down, number one. Um, we're getting more and more uh, uh, 
organic stuff. Uh, but I had, I didn't start doing SEO until just a little bit ago, but my, my reviews help a lot. Yeah. So, your reviews and your Google, my business helps you. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people that SEO is your, your Google, my business side will push you way further than putting all this content out, doing all this other stuff. If we work on our Google, my business, you know, there's things that Bobby can do. He don't have a hundred photos in there. And I've shown him why you need a hundred photos in there. And he don't put in his hundred photos. Do in I there. don't have a hundred photos on mine? No, you don't have a hundred photos in yours. You only have about 30 photos. And so wow. you need a wow. hundred photos. Wow. And there's a reason why we want those hundred photos. You know what? I will fix that tomorrow. <laughs> you know? And um, somebody wrote on here, Bobby is just a bald Jason. Hashtag change my mind. Good to see you guys. From Mr. Cody from Southeast. What's up, Cody? What's up? <laughs> Cody, I didn't text you back or call you to, uh, today, but I'll, I'll give you a call tomorrow. Cody and I have a, uh, well, Cody's doing it, but I, I'm going to take credit. We've got a, uh, we got a skid to give away starting pretty soon. So, And that is, you got to join your channel, correct? Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, if you subscribe to my channel, Journey of a New Entrepreneur, uh, we're going to have it up and going within the next seven days. The giveaway, we're giving away a soft wash skid that Cody builds. It's about a $42, $4,300 skid. We're going to get that uh, up and going. It's going to be freaking awesome. 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 Um, so one thing I want to hit on here is, is I am having an in-person training come up January 3rd. It is probably going to be one of the best ones, maybe second to best. I don't know. We'll figure it out here. Um, I did have one with Cody, so I don't know. Um, but it is with Bobby Walker. It's in Orlando. It'll be nice and warm down there. Um, you can go to pressurewashhelp.com slash training, in-person training. Let me see if I can pull up some of these here. I think it's this one here. Training dates will get you king of pressure washing. Um, I'm going to have my normal training, and then Bobby's going to talk about two to three hours on how to grow it. It's going to be breakfast in the morning. We'll start at breakfast. We'll do lunch. And then we'll have um, the in-person talking stuff, and that'll last for about four hours, four or five hours. And then we'll have the in-person training. That is where you get to touch stuff. That's where you get to spray all of Bobby's junk that he has that you will see that makes money in a lot of it. So that will happen afterwards. And then that night, we will go to dinner. You buy your own dinner. But a lot of uh, my last couple of classes, I've been doing this, and I think it works really well. Um, I've gotten to meet a lot of the, my students and learn about them, and I teach them and help them. And, you know, I've gotten to grow, and, that, and that's where a lot of the learning actually will learn is in that dinner, and Bobby will be there also. So definitely go check that that out um, so um, and again Bobby will teach you how to get reviews how to you know a lot of people struggle with how do I answer the phone how do I close those jobs and Bobby has a system of how you've done it right yeah, yeah no we do and guys when you're here you know I'm going to show you underneath the hood of my business you know like I, I'm I've actually got videos talking about this, but like, you know, I've got my dashboard and stuff here. I'll show you how all that stuff works. Um, I'm going to be covering things like, you know, how we'll go more in depth, like on flyers. Like if you don't have a lot of money for marketing and stuff, I'm, we're going to talk about how to get the phone ringing without a big budget, uh, how to uh, do. Someone was just asking in, in the chat about packages and stuff. We're going to go real deep in how to build uh, bundles and packages so you can get higher average ticket prices. We're going to uh, cover how to, uh, do the model sales appointment, um, how to get the reviews and how to get repeat business. And let me just say, say this, I've learned things 
through my career that, you know, maybe I've improved on stuff, but there's nothing that I'm doing that I can think of. I'm sure there's something, there's nothing that we're doing that I've invented, you know, like at, at my business, what I've done is I've just been a really, really good copycat. Um, I, I mentioned I worked in the security industry, probably 70% or more of what we're doing that's creating success for us here. And actually, I don't know if you guys can see it, but this, this saying that's up on our wall, it's also in the hallway there. It's the little things that make us great. That came from the guy that started this uh, security company that he started it. He sold it seven years later for $10 million and he had zero debt. All right. The dude knew what he was doing. He was phenomenal. I've just copied from people. We've plugged it into our business. We've made it work for us. And uh, those are the kinds of things that, that we're going to be sharing. So I want to be clear. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not pretending to be the, the creator of stuff. I'm just really good at looking at successful people and copying what they do. And that's what it comes, you know, I'm not, I don't come up with all the training that I've done. I've learned from other people and it goes back to what I've always said, you know, and I've talked about it before, you know, when you're out there pressure washing and you're out there doing stuff and all of that kind of thing, that is where you can learn. You know, you put some earbuds in and you learn and you, and you learn and you learn and you learn, but you just don't take information and become an information guru. We got to take action in doing that. And so I was talking about this on Bobby's podcast. I'm going to bring it up because I started reading a new book and I, I like this book. Um, it is a good book for leadership and it's a good book for if, if I think a lot of times we have a mindset of, especially most of these guys aren't, you know, professional paying 50,000 or $50 an hour, a hundred thousand dollar jobs. A lot of guys start to this are, you know, young, they're, they only making 20, $30 an hour and, you know, they're making 50, $60,000 a year and they want to change their life and have financial freedom and that kind of thing. And so we're not really built with a mindset to be able to do that. And so I already forgot the name of the book again, and I know you're going to help me in that. Yeah, no, it's, it's extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. And so I interrupt you. I didn't see this. Someone said Oklahoma representing. So extreme. I didn't know you're from Oklahoma, but boomer sooner. All right, carry on. Sorry. (laughs) So definitely go check out extreme ownership. It is a great book to learn stuff about not blaming other people. Because at the end of the day, have you grown your business because it's your fault or somebody else's fault, Bobby? It's my fault. Good and bad. And, and, and a lot of times we, we always want to blame somebody else or, you know, I failed because I did X. I failed because I did this. I failed because Bobby didn't do his job. I failed because Susie didn't do her job. No, you failed because you didn't make sure that it got done in the systems and made sure they had the right training. And, you know, at the end of the day, everybody has systems. Everybody has systems. Now, are those systems good systems or bad systems? Because, if we got bad systems, that don't do us no good. So, again, go check out that book. It's a good book. Go check out kingofpressurewashing.com slash training dates, pressurewashhelp.com slash in-person training. Both those links are down there. You will be There is only going to be limited to 15 people um, because, again, when I do my um, hands-on training, I want you get to touch and spray, you get to do stuff, and it is hands-on at the end of the day. Um, Spray Wash Academy said, I failed because Bobby sucks. So I don't know about that, but um, 
<laughs> it's true. So you, you moving are filthy. on, moving on. <laughs> That's my buddy Ray, guys. So tell me, tell me, tell me one thing that you failed in business as a pressure washer and three things that you learned from it. Something I failed as a pressure wash in the pressure washing business. Um, gosh. I don't want to act like I'm thinking hard because I don't have many failures. I'm just on the spot and I'm trying to think of something good that I can give a, a learning lesson on. Um, you know, I, I would say, uh, well, the first thing was I tried to do my AdWords on my own. You know, that's, that's, uh, and it's not that I couldn't figure it out. It's just, it's, it's really complex. So I think the lesson I learned in that particular thing is, uh, a phrase that my my mentor and business partner Michael Dalkey says a lot, which is "Who, not how." And oftentimes in our businesses, even though everything is my responsibility and everything's my fault if it doesn't go well, I don't have to be the one that does it. So um, delegation is probably one of the most underutilized uh, skills that. Um, newer entrepreneurs have. And it's why I think, I think that's one of the main reasons that so many businesses fail. So we try to do it all on our own and we don't delegate effectively. We, uh, what, what's the thing that we, we delegate by, uh, uh, abdication, I think is the word, uh, in there, which basically says, Hey, here's a thing, go do it. Where delegation is, you know, first you, you tell them what to do, then you show them how to do it. Then you watch them. And then the big key is then you, inspect what you expect them to do. So the delegation doesn't mean that you have no work. It just means your work is different now. Now your work is is managing people, leading people, and stuff like that. So a failure like with the AdWords thing, I've started looking for a who to take care of things like that for me instead of a how can I do it myself. That would be one being put on the spot. Um, I'm just kind of drawing a blank right now. I've got a crap ton of failures I can share with you. I'm just going blank right now. Oh, you're fine. So here's another question for you then. What What is one fear you have to overcome? Because again, mindset has a lot to do with this business. Mindset has, you know, I poor mentality, all of the mindset stuff. And at the end of the day, that's a lot of time is fear. Now, like I say, fear is not always a bad thing, but fear can always hold us back at the end of the day. You know, fear of getting up on a roof and I'm going to fall off. That's a good fear because that's saying, hey, stupid, quit doing something stupid. But the fear of you can't do this stuff at the end of the day, that's a bad fear. And everybody deals with it. It's just about how do we overcome those fears? So tell me one fear that you had to overcome. Oh, that I have had to overcome? Yes. Um, the, yeah. So for me, the biggest one, and this sounds really cliche, excuse me. And uh, Jason, you and I talked about it a lot on the past. Uh, on, I think it was on the podcast we just did, not this one here, but um, failure. Um, you know, the fear of looking stupid. Uh, or it's not even so much looking stupid, but the fear of like, if I do something wrong, I, I failed and, and, and it's all over. Or what if I pick this marketing method and, and I lose my money? And, or what if I pick this process or this type of equipment and it's not the best fit? Um, I wouldn't make decisions. And that actually kept me from starting a business. like that, Because I wanted to start a business for a long, long time, but I never had the guts to do it. So what I've learned from that, and I think I said it earlier on this broadcast, but 
I've fallen in love with failure. And it doesn't mean that I like doing it. But failure to me is a vehicle. Because if you're pushing hard, if you're stretching yourself and, and setting you know, realistic but stretch goals and, and things like that, the, the fact is you're going to come short a lot of the time. And to me, failure is just that's that next step closer to where I'm wanting to be. So now, you know, if I pick the wrong marketing method, it didn't bankrupt me. Maybe it set me back a little bit because I didn't have a lot of money, but who cares? I'm going to try something. I'm going to go in on it. And uh, so that particular fear has kind of went away. I do have some other fears, but uh, but that's more of like something I need to overcome in the future. But but that right there kept me from pursuing my goals and my dreams for a long time. And I hate it because hopefully I'm, t- I'm speaking to someone right now. I'm sure of the hundred people or whatever that are watching, someone wants to start their own business and they're not doing it because of the same fear that I was having because I had a cushy, you know, comfy job with a good salary and everything. The fact is, if you can make it in the corporate world, you can make it on your own if you're willing to deal with the pain. Okay. If you're willing to deal with the pain, a little bit of stress, a little bit of anxiety and, um, and be cool with failing. So. Well, the good thing about uh, being a business owner, if it don't matter what kind, the good thing about being a business owner, it's kind of like a roller coaster, you know? One day we're way up here and, and man, the world is great and we, we're making money. And the next day we're down here because the machine blew up and, you know, the, the truck caught on fire. They burnt everything up, you know? And it's like, and, and usually when that crap happens, it not just one truck breaks down, all of them break down, you know. And it's that like, happened to me last month. <laughs> I had thousands of dollars of, of of just repair tires and brakes and and rotors and uh, brake lines that I had to get replaced. It was just crazy. Sorry, uh, you're just you're you're speaking the uh, my language right now. You know, and like. Um, Command clean put. My biggest fear is going out of business, you know, and and I understand that. And it can be hard sometimes. And it, it's and it is hard. I'm not going to say it's easy because, you know, it does take a lot to be a business owner at the end of the day. It's not easy. It's not all. all I'm going to just do this and it's all done. No, it is hard. You're you're, you're going to do hard things. But at the end of the day, you can do hard things. You will learn things. You will be better. You will, you know what? Maybe you start this pressure washing business and you find out that it isn't you. Maybe, maybe you might be like Jason. Maybe you find out that you love doing YouTube and you love doing marketing and you quit pressure washing. And now I start doing this stuff. This is what I love to do. I love helping you guys be successful, be be that person that will help you get to where you need to go at. You know, I love helping people. I want to give people time freedom, financial freedom. And at the end of the day, if you're halfway got a brain and you're not afraid and you're able to push through it, you can do things. You can do hard things. You know, and the biggest thing I'm going to say is, is get around successful people. If you get around successful people, that is the best thing for you. A lot of times, family, friends, that can be the worst thing for you. You can't do that. You're not smart enough to do that. Jason, can I say something? So there's a guy in the chat, uh, John Lawson. And John, you're probably not the only person. You're just the one that's being vocal. And by the way, guys, yes, they were Fords. <laughs> they were Fords. They were breaking down on me. Um, the, um, so John's he's sitting here saying, hey, Bobby was talking about me. I'm, I'm the guy that's, that's 
afraid. Here's a little exercise or a little trick or a little whatever that I do with myself now is when I'm, uh, by the way, Jason, you're really hard to keep up with, man. I thought I talked fast, but like, I'm like, holy crap, are we on a time crunch? I don't have anywhere to go. I'm at the office. It's 10 o'clock. My wife's at home in bed. I'm, I'm ready to go all night. So, but man, the more I get excited, the more it just comes out, okay. dude. So I'm going to slow down just for a second on this one. Okay. I, this is something that's like near and dear to my heart. Okay. So I'm going to, John, I'm going to be talking to you, but I'm talking to everyone out there when I'm talking to John, that's dealing with these types of fears. And it might, you might not be someone that hasn't started yet, but it might be something else. Okay. One of my fears that I haven't overcome is, uh, looking the fool. There's, you know, self-limiting beliefs. And it's the things like, well, heck, if so-and-so can have a million viewers on or subscribers on YouTube and make a kajillion dollars a year, I can do that too. If Grant Cardone can do this or Tommy so-and-so can do that, I can do it too. Well, the fact is, just like you do, Jason, and everyone watching, I've got the same abilities or potential, maybe different abilities, but the same potential as anyone on the planet. Why am I not one of those guys that's going to own a house next to John Travolta down in in West Palm beach on, on a one, a, you know, type of thing. It's because I'm not willing to, to be that fool. I'm not willing to be the person that maybe throws himself completely out there and, and fail spectacularly in front of everyone while I'm looking for that weak spot on the fence. But here's the, the way I'm overcoming that for me. And the way I've overcome my other fears in the past is I pretend that, you know, like say today's Thursday, let's pretend that Monday morning you have a meeting, a face-to-face meeting with you 25 years from now. And what you've got to do on Monday morning is give an account to your lack of action you're going to take over the next three days to make yourself better 25 years from now. Your 25-year-old self is going to stare you in the eyes and say, why the hell have you not done something? Why am I still stuck where I'm at? Why have I not achieved the goals I've wanted? Why do my kids not have the financial uh, security they need? Why does my wife not have the, the medical care that she needs? Or fill in the blank. You're going to have to. We're pretending that it's Monday that you have that meeting. But the fact is, guys, that meeting is coming. The meeting is coming. You're going to have to look in that mirror 25 years from now. You're going to want, you know, maybe 40 years from now, maybe 10, depending on how old you are. One day you're going to be on your deathbed. And I promise you, you're not going to say to yourself, man, I'm glad I didn't take that chance to achieve my goals because, gosh, if I would have failed 30 years ago, that really would have ruined things for me right now. You're going to say, I wish I would have failed my ass off until I found that that weakness, that weak link in that fence so I could have got through and lived the life that I wanted to live. Because, guys, we got one of these things, man. We've got one. Don't waste it. And that's so hopefully that resonates with someone out there. But that's what I do is I pretend that I'm going to have that meeting with my future self. And then I'm like, well, crap, maybe on Saturday, maybe you shouldn't be smoking weed, getting drunk and and watching football all day. Maybe you should be out handing out about 800, 900 flyers on Saturday, doing it again on Sunday. And then on Monday after work, you go out and hand out more flyers and then you start chasing your dream. 
then you start seeing results and you start getting there. I agree 100%. And you know, most successful people at the end of the day have failed six to seven times before they got successful. Jeff Bezos failed several times. You know, Edison failed several times. If he would have quit at one, we'd still be trying to find a light bulb out there. Um, the Ford, you know, he failed several times. Many times they failed. Um, went bankrupt. Everything. Um, you know, the people that flew airplanes or the started the the planes, they failed. Every successful business out there has failed. You know, and some people look at that of, oh, I can't believe he failed. You know, he sucks because he failed. No, he don't suck. He learned. He grew. He figured things out. And guess what? You don't do it next time. Yeah. You know, I learned about pressure washing. You know, the way I teach and the way everything I teach in pressure washing is from Jason's failures. Mm -hmm. Jason's burnt up a ton of crap in his day because I didn't know. But guess what? I teach you not to burn it up. Yeah. How you know why I know you shouldn't put bleach on a stained wood porch ceiling? Because I put bleach on a stained wood porch ceiling. And how much did that failure cost you? You know, you know how I don't park my vehicle on 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 blacktop driveways unless I absolutely have to. Because when you pay three thousand dollars when your bleach ran out and turned it a different color, you pay yeah. $3,000 to have it all nicely blacked up again. So guess what? That's why I don't do that. You know, hey, Jason, there's a comment that's near and dear to my heart. I'd like to respond to if you're okay. I don't want to steer your thing. I'm, uh, I'm fine. Permission here. So let me find it again. Uh, KFC uh, is another one like command clean put there. You know, he failed. He didn't start till he was 65 yeah. years old. old. Yeah. So, uh, Albert Steamer, Albert Steamer, I don't know uh, how you pronounce that. He says, How do you win over these boobs here in Orlando charging $99 to clean a driveway? <laughs> so, um, so I'm just going to call you Al because I, I can't do it. Now, Al, I'm going to ask for some permission to give you a little tough love. Okay. It's coming from, from a pure spot in my heart. And if you don't know me, Al, the, actually the comment just before you, Ryan A, he says NBZ mentality. NBZ is a thing I've got. It's called the no bitch zone. Okay. Now here's what a bitch is. It's not a derogatory term. You know, it's not a curse word in this context. A bitch is a person that blames other people for their lack of failure. And a bitch is someone that will not pursue their dreams because of what other people may say, think, or do, or their own own fears. Okay. So the no bitch zone is we're going to live in this place where just like Jason said with that book, extreme ownership, everything's my fault and I'm not going to not pursue my goals because of my fear. So how do I uh, compete with the quote unquote $99 guy? It's actually, um, listen, guys, get your pen, get your, get your pad and write this down. You ready? Everyone get your pen out. How do you compete with that $99 guy? I'm going to give you a second. Get, get your pin up. You ready, Jason? Yep. You don't. Don't compete with a $99 guy. Guys, now I'll, I'll go. I'm going to go a hair deeper with this answer. Guys, how does Tiffany's compete with Dollar Tree? How, do, how, do, how does Tiffany's overcome Dollar Tree? Because Tiffany's literally, I forget how much it is. I think it was a thousand dollars. This was about 10 years ago. I think when I saw this, but Tiffany's had a paper clip for sale for a thousand dollars. 
I can go to Dollar Tree and get a thousand paper clips for a dollar. How do they compete? They don't. They don't compete. So here's the thing. There's people in your market. Now, so in this Orlando example is a great one. I, I don't know, Al, if you realize I was in Orlando, but I'm right here with you. Um, Orlando is a perfect example to this. Okay. There's, we're probably the Mecca for pressure washing. You know, there's probably nowhere that has more pressure washers per capita than us. And there may be other places that have as many, but there's probably nowhere that has more. Um, I have a low closing percentage. You know, everyone wants to brag about an 80% closing percentage. My closing percentage, it fluctuates between, you know, 35 and it sometimes will get up to 45% on a given month, right? Why? Because whenever I go to someone's home that only is is only shopping on price and that's all that's important to them and they want that $50 driveway or that $99 driveway, I'm just cool. I'm, I'm okay with not getting it. So there's two, two ways to overcome it. There's a, there's a mentality that you have to have so you don't go insane. And then there's a, there's a tactic you need to do to win. Okay. The mentality is SW, SW, SWN. Okay. S W S W S W N. What it stands for is some will, some won't. So what next? Okay. Some people are going to want to use your company. Some people are not going to want to use your company. Who cares? Go to the next house. Okay. That's going to keep you sane. Now the strategy, and this is how we do it, is I just make sure that I'm pumping enough leads into my business that the fact that there's $99 driveway customers out there, I don't need those. I, I'm filtering those through. When those come in, I try not to market to them, but you can't help it to some degree. I'm, I'm okay. I want to make sure I get enough leads so the, the, the people that do care about the experience, and we'll just leave it at that, the people that do care about the experience, those are the ones I'm competing against the companies that provide a great experience. So I'm Tiffany's, and I'm competing against another you know Tiffany type of person out there. And it's as simple as that. So, so here's the deal. If you're competing with the $99 guy, it's because you're a $99 guy. And you might say, well, I don't do it that cheap. All you are at that point is an overpriced $99 guy because you don't have any value, perceived value to that customer to make you worth choosing. So you're just an overpriced $99 guy. So my advice, so that was the tough love part, right? So now here's the tactics that you put into place is you do what we, what I just said is perceived value. Now, the value might be real, but at first it just has to be perceived. So you do things like invest money in, you know, presentation folders and invest money in glossy, you know, inserts in it when you can and invest money in, you know, the nicer shirts maybe. Invest money and time into great scripts for whenever you're answering the phone and great scripts whenever you're doing your sales presentation. You're paying $100 a month or whatever it is to be in Jason's thing to learn this stuff or you're buying my course or you're doing whatever, but you're investing in yourself to do those things just like Jason has and just like I have. So that way, when you go to that customer's home, you have your pre-objection sales presentation ready to go. You give it to them. And then now all of a sudden, whenever someone says, well, the other guy can do it cheaper, they're not going to say that because they're like, well, crap, these guys covered the bases that were important to me. And some will, some won't. So what next? So I get the expensive ones. I've just chosen to win the expensive jobs. And I'm, I'm willing to give that $99 driveway to the $99 guy.
So I'm going to hit another thing because he also put something else on here. Our office is two miles away from each other. My closing is about 25%. I just bought, replaced my pressure washers. I bought three at $6,000 each. Again, <laughs> again, it's not about the nice, shiny equipment. It is not about the nice, shiny equipment. We had talked to Bobby about here on earlier. He had over, you said, 18 19% is marketing. You know, marketing is what's going to bring us jobs. Nice, shiny equipment is not going to make us more money at the end of the day. If we can't close higher end jobs, it's not going to make us at the end of the day. Shiny equipment, all it's going to do is, is get sold for last at the end of the day. You know, if, if I have to if I have to figure out if I got twenty five thousand to start a business, am I going to spend twenty five thousand dollars on equipment or twenty five thousand dollars on marketing? I'm going to spend every dime on marketing because every if time. I can't get jobs and I can't close jobs, it don't matter about the equipment. I can brand, buy brand new equipment today, use it a couple times, and that equipment will be worth half the money when I go to sell it of whatever I've got. It's all about getting the phone to ring. How do I get the phone to ring? How do I get the phone to ring more? You know, Bobby uses Edward. You can use Edward. Bob, there's things that Bobby doesn't use because, you know, you know, you can use LinkedIn, email marketing. There is, I teach a plethora of ways to get business. So I don't want to hear somebody, well, Bobby's in my area and he's already spending $20,000 in marketing and AdWords. And well, guess what? That's only one spot on AdWords. There's still two more that's in the top. You got the map pack. You got two on the bottom. There's all kinds of places for it. It yeah. goes back to, you know, Shiny equipment, shiny equipment hasn't, uh, what he put, shiny hasn't been used. Shiny you know, equipment nothing, hasn't been used. Nothing yeah. happens until a sale is made. I agree with that 100% hey, spray wash. You know, hey, I know, I don't, I know his name's not Al, but I, I, I'm not sure right. here. Hey, man, if we're that close together, um, my, you know, my company name there, if you, if you don't, uh, hit me up and let's, let's go grab coffee or I'll, I'll buy your coffee or buy your lunch or, We'll go get some beers or something. Let's let's uh, let's meet up. So and and honestly, a lot of times, and I know this is a, somebody else is in Florida, and, and he had to really deal with the ninety nine dollar guy. And last month he hit fifteen thousand dollars. He's closing eighteen hundred dollar days, fifteen hundred dollar days right now. He's on the other side of the the land of from you all. And he, and and when he first started my boxer program, where I was on there all the time with him, he still boxes me three four times a day. You know he. What he had a mindset of the $99 guy and worrying about your competition. The only thing I tell you about that is, is work with your competition, work with people like that. You know, I would rather see two good companies work together than try to fight the whole time. Because at the yeah. end of the day, if you work together, you know, Bobby might not want this type of job. Hey, you can have all these jobs because I don't like it. Maybe you can't handle big jobs. You know, I had a great relationship here in Cincinnati. Um, Robin Wash is on the east side. He did no commercial. Well, guess what? He sent me all his commercial bids, and I sent him everything that was out in Timbuktu because I didn't want to get sent. It was worth my time to go to Timbuktu. He lived out in Timbuktu, and he was able to take those jobs and make money. He he did four hundred fifty thousand last year, and he's on more than that, I believe, this year. And he does it a hundred percent residential, and that is it. You know, he does, he don't want to do commercial. He don't like the dealing with commercial. 
Now, if you get good at commercial, then you go for commercial. Maybe Bobby is good at residential and don't shoot for commercial. So guess what? That means you go shooting for commercial and you don't want the residential. Hey, Bobby, and you can work that back and forth and you work it as a, as a joint versus working it. Well, but I don't want to tell him my prices. Well, here's the deal at the end of the day. I would rather you book, I'd rather you all price the exact same price every job versus I'm going to be a little bit cheaper because I'm going to sell it on cheaper. It yeah. doesn't do now, don't, good. Don't, don't strategically do that with uh, with a competitor because that's illegal. I think it's called racket. Is it, it's not racketeering. It's, uh, I forget what it's called, but Jason, ph- philosophically, Jay, I 100% agree with Jason. And here's the other thing, guys. Um, the, uh, you know, let's just say you're a residential company and that guy's a residential company. Well, there's times you're just going to get full and maybe you can just sub out residential work to them. It doesn't, they don't have to do something different. You, we don't have to be, uh, if you're a competitor, you know, you, you can guarantee I'm going to do everything I can to get that job instead of let you have it, you know, and be profitable still. But that doesn't mean we got to not like each other. You know, I'm not going to be trash talking your uh, another company for multiple reasons. One, I just don't want to. Two, it really is not professional looking to your your customers. But um, you know, we can work together doing the exact same stuff. I've got some local competitors here that do exactly what we do, and, and we help each other out. And it's it's the way it should be. You know. So that's just the thing of the dealing with that. I know we got on the. The whole, you know, $99 in Florida, and, and and I had to deal with that with Jason, trying to get him over that. Not this Jason, but another Jason. And and it is something that you can definitely do that. Um, so <laughs> we went down that rabbit trail a long way. I mean, we're, but that's fine. I, I like that rabbit trail because I hear that a lot. And, you know, everybody's worried about, well, this guy's only charging. You know, there's a guy in the Facebook groups, and I don't want you all to be in these Facebook groups. I mean, I know Ray's on here, but sorry, Ray. Um, um, I don't like the Facebook groups because there's too much complaining going on. There's And right now is prime season, baby. Everybody's bored, don't have nothing going on, and it is keyboard time. You know, let's be the who's got the biggest keyboard going on here. And so, you know, but he was saying he is a $99 guy. He literally is a $99 guy. He's yeah. got a big truck that says $99. And he's like, you know how many $99 jobs I do? Very rarely any. Yeah. You know, it's a sales, you know, his average ticket is way higher than $99. Yes, he yeah. advertises for $99, but that's like a little bitty house on the prairie house that, oh, that might be older than some of you guys. But that, <laughs> that I, I'll do driveways for less than 100 bucks all the time. But I won't go out for less than a hundred. But I'll do if we're out there doing uh, a house wash and a roof cleaning, you, you can bet your ass I'm going to go ahead and get an extra seventy, eighty, ninety dollars to to knock out the driveway for an extra twenty minutes while the guys are out there for sure. And I'm going to tell you one other thing about my in-person training, and I'm not hitting it hard, but I want to talk about it. Most people that come to our training, even Bobby, when we had Washathon and did Washathon, the average age is like. 40 to 50 years old, 60 years old. My yeah. last training, I had a 62 and a 65 year old at my training. So this isn't something that you got to be brand new and young kids. I have some, but my demographic is mostly 40 years old and up. Um, yeah. My last training, I had 25 to 28 people 
and three people were under the age of 40. So that I'm not saying I'm not doing it for the younger group. I'm just saying most people that start pressure washing business and got to overcome that mental thing of I can't do that is in the older generation. And I understand it. We were brought up different, you know, and it's like I've always said, when we're starting a business, the older people have things that the younger people do. You know, the younger people can be really good at this here. Mm-hmm. The older generation is like, this is one step up from. <laughs> this is one step up from the, you know, the 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 rolling where you had to actually push the H number. In, you know? <laughs> but I just wanted to say that, you know, you don't have to be young. You don't have to be old. You can be both. And that I teach both ways. So people do it. But, you know, again, I, 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 and then I seen Al put on there about not spending any money in marketing. You know, I, a lot of people don't get that you got to invest in your business. A lot of times we look at marketing as money just going right out the door, just going right out the door. If we think of it as that way, it does us no good. We have to think of it as we are investing in our business. Cause if you don't invest in your business, I'm not going to invest in your business. Bobby's not going to invest in your business. And Mm. so every dollar you put in your business, you are investing in your business. Now, you might be a bad investment. You know, I've done stupid stuff and, you know, a bad investment is not good sometimes. But you know what? Sometimes I put $100 in and it turns into $200 or $1,000. Them are the good investments. You know, I've I've spent $50,000, $60,000 in Facebook ads. And yeah. I don't even know if I made fifty or sixty thousand dollars back. I've spent oh probably close to a hundred thousand dollars in EDDM. And again, I don't know if I ever got that money back. Yeah. Well, you know, and and back on that, you know, there's quite frankly, if if you can do if you're doing forty k a month with zero dollars in marketing, that's actually really awesome. That's that's great. Um, you know the. Now, this is a different strokes for different folks type of thing. So what I'm about to say doesn't mean that what that guy's doing is wrong. It's just why I would be different. If I'm doing 40K without marketing, I would do that. And then I would still spend a shit ton of money. Sorry, Jason. I wasn't supposed to say that word. I'd still spend a crap ton of money on uh, marketing and then try to do, you know, maybe 120K you know, that month or, or, or something like that. That's, that's just where my mind is. And, and the reason for me, um, is because minus one exception, I can understand why some people would want to do the one truck thing and and be on the truck minus the potential injury thing. That's the part I, I'm, I just can't get on the same page with you on, but, but for me, I want to make a lot of money. I want to, uh, I want to hire a general manager to run my business and I can't do that at like the million dollar mark. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll probably be able to do that when I get to that 1.5, 1.6 mark. And, um, and I, I think I can grow this thing right here in my market to, I think I can comfortably get to about $3 million in revenue here in the Orlando metro area and have someone else running it. And, and not that I'll never look at it, but, but that's what I want to do. So that's why I'm quote unquote never going to not spend money on marketing just because. I, I have a lot of growth goals that I want to get to, and I'm, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. Yep. And and Jeremy has 40%. That's a little high in marketing, but if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do, you know? 
Um, I always tried to be at 10%, but starting out, you do might need to be at that 15%, 1520. Um, and it yeah, depends on how much you want to grow. You uh, Here's the beauty of it, Jeremy. You could do that, you know, as the, the, the solo guy. So, um, like I couldn't spend 40% on marketing because I wouldn't have enough percentage to, to go around at that point because there's some diminishing returns. But if you're, if you're the guy on the truck right now, um, you probably are not spending enough on marketing right now, even at 40% that you would hit those diminishing returns and you're not going to keep as much money, you know, this upcoming year. And I'm not saying you should spend 40. I'm just saying as a, as a little thought, thought experiment here, you know, let's say you did that. Well, what I could see could be very potentially beneficial for you is you could get a huge customer base, a huge email base. Your net profit's going to be damn near nothing. But what happens the following year? You've now built up this huge customer base that you're going to get repeat customers from if you do things right. And you can add a new service and you have that huge email list that you can now market that new service to and make a crap ton of money. We, I added a new service last October. I sent out an email blast. I did $17,000 of additional uh, of work that I'd never had before in that new service in that October by sending out one email. And how much well. stuff did you screw up when you first started that new service? The first month, not much, actually. <laughs> the first month, uh, the first couple months we did well. And then the guy that I had helping me left and uh, we, we, learned a few things the hard way after that, <laughs> but, but even then it's still been worth it. You know, it's right. still been worth it. Yeah. You know? Right. 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 So I, this one went a little bit longer than normal. Um, I, I love the, I love talking to Bobby. I love having conversation with Bobby. Bobby is one that I know is kind of trying to shoot for that million dollar mark. And, you know, he didn't get it this year. I fully believe he'll get it next year. Um, I know he can, I know how he is. He will turn what he didn't do well and make it better at the end of the day, you know? And so that's why I like Bobby and I like bringing him on here. He's, he's open book. You'll find out anything about Bobby. He don't keep no secrets. He lets everything fly. Um, even the cuss words. And so, um, Bobby is one that I love to deal with. You know, one thing that I've become better friends with Bobby is, is we do, um, BBB. And so we kind of keep each other, um, accountable. And I suggest that you find an accountable partner. Yep. You find somebody that will keep you accountable. You know, a couple months ago, Bobby was in the ruts for, he was in the ruts for about a month or two of, you know, life sucks and I'm going to go to Disney Springs every day and drink and smoke cigars. And For the record, I didn't say life sucks. I was just discouraged. But He I was did very not, discouraged. He I was like a pup that got the crap beat out of it. You know? Yeah, I, I was just I was just a little emotionally beat down, but I did not have a bad attitude. For the and, and so, you know, and so and having an accountability person will help you out a lot at the end of the day, too. So, you know, find some accountability people, find people that will keep you accountable, find people that will come along you and say, hey, you can handle this or, you know, and that, and you know, that the other thing about accountability partner are people is, is, you know, you can share ex other successes because if I have, a, if Bobby has a success, I'm going to be happy for him because there's probably nobody else going to be happy for him. And the reason why I want that is, is when I have a success, I want him to be um, excited for me and share my success with me. Because you know what? When I help share his success and, hey, you're doing a really good job. That's awesome. You did that. 
you know, then that gives him the willpower of, hey, I can go to the next one, the next level, and the next level. And if I do have problems, I can say, hey, Bobby, what do I need to do? And he's a shoot straighter. Shoot straighter. He'll I, shoot I, me straight. I'm, I am a shoot straighter, but I'm also a straight shooter, so whatever. You know, he'll shoot me straight <laughs> up. Hey, why don't you try this, do that? And you can bounce ideas off each other and everything like that. By the way, guys, if you want, um, if you want some uh, some ideas on creating your own accountability group, uh, on my YouTube channel, um, I've got uh, Journey of a New Entrepreneur. There's actually I've got a playlist in there, and I've got two or three videos that just share because uh, I've I've had a weekly accountability group. I, I've got two friends that are not far from me. One's in Lakeland, Florida, and one's in New Smyrna. They're an hour either way of me. Uh, we meet every Wednesday morning on Zoom at 6 a.m. And we've been doing it for, I think, almost three years now. And that kind of stuff is just very, very beneficial. Now, it's got to be the right people, and you got to do it the right way. You can start more accountability groups fail than succeed, but you get the right people with the right mentality, run it the right way, go watch those videos. It'll give you a few tips and uh, help you out a lot. Awesome. So getting off here at the end of this, go check out um, the training. We'll be down in Orlando. It will be warm, all that kind of stuff. With the, that taken, what is one thing you would tell a new person, uh, one thing to help him be successful? And that'll be the end of this show. Got to remember that investments in equipment are not investments in your business's growth. They're only an investment in your business's efficiency or your capacity. So uh, especially early on, invest as little as possible in equipment and as much as possible in marketing and education. Um, if you invest in marketing and, and, and you have the education on how to sell things, if you, if you invest there, that will generate money for you to buy the equipment. But if you buy the equipment, you know, if you got 20 grand and you spend on equipment, now you just got equipment and you still got to go get the work. You got 20 grand and you spend on marketing. It's probably going to make you like a hundred grand and then you can go buy the equipment and you still got money left over. Right. I agree. And it's all about the small things. Bobby talks about the small things. Go check out his channel. Go check out his podcast. Um, and we'll see you on Sunday. See you guys. Thank you. All right, guys, that is all the time we have for today's show on the King of Pressure Wash podcast. I know you found this as exciting as I did. If you appreciate the work we do it here at King of Pressure Wash, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And give this episode a five-star review. I would appreciate it very much. This helps me get to other people so that they can be successful just like you can be also. And if you're looking to start and grow your own pressure washing business to give you and your family financial freedom, time freedom, be sure to sign up at thekingofpressurewash.com so you can be the king of pressure washing in your area.